Um, you guys can open to Luke 11. Are we ready to go? Okay. I'm going to talk about tonight in, new, be- in uh, new Beginnings for a New Year. I'm going to talk about by far the number one, the number one thing, no even close number twos at all, at all, in how to have a totally transformed, different, powerful, life-changing year this year. You want to know what the number, it's going to be not even anything close. So seriously, there's a really, really clear number one thing that you can do this year that I'm going to talk about. Prioritize. (laughs) Prioritize. (laughs) I'm going to talk about prioritizing for the new year. Um, it's funny because we were talking about, uh, we were ha- I think it was a deacon meeting or something, and I was, I, I was saying pri- prioritize, and Chris said, did you say prioritize? And I said, no, I didn't, but that's actually really cool. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's so appropriate because there seriously is nothing, nothing that is more powerful that could make as big of a difference in your year this year than prayer. I mean, there's lots of things that we do that we go, oh, this is good for you. Talking about feelings is good. Fellowshipping with others is good. You know, you know, going counseling. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's all these things that you can do to make things different, but nothing changes lives as radically and as dramatically as prayer. Um, and so it's a good word. I don't know if anybody's ever come up with that before, but... Um, uh, you will always have your priorities correct if prayer is number one. You, you ever struggle with your priorities in life? Do you know what I'm saying? Juggling, juggling. We always have too much to do, don't we? Does anybody ever, ever not have too much to do, too much on your plate? How do I manage? Blah, blah, blah. Too, you know, I seriously today, you know, because it's just sort of like where I I got that sense, I was like panicking, and I'm just going, ah, I was looking at what I had to do, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, it ain't going to happen, like this is just way too much stuff, and I went, I need to be on my knees right now, I'm just like, I I just was like, you know, it's just, sometimes it's, it's weird, like, when I'm really in a better space with my walk with God, I feel urges to pray, you know, and sometimes I ignore those urges, but, um, but at least I get the urges to pray. You know, like when I'm not, when I'm kind of disconnected, I don't, I'm, I'm not feeling that kind of pull. So, it's a, so I'm like, I like the fact that at least I'm feeling the pull. And once in a while, I actually listen and, you know, do it. And sometimes I'll feel the pull for a while before I get on my knees. But, um, but I was feeling it, and I'm just going, this feels like there's no way I'm going to get through this day. I just need to stop. And pray. I just need to get on my knees and just invite God into it. And son of a gun, by the end of the day, I'm like, I got time to work out. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, how'd that happen? But it's serious. It's it's it makes no sense. It's one of God's paradoxes. It's the most productive thing that you can do. And isn't that for any of us doer people? Some of us are like doers, you know, go go go, do do do. Um, that's me. I don't know. Some of you are going what? Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things that it does not feel productive, does, you know, in a way. 
it's just sort of, I've got a lot to do, you know, just, just sitting there, you know, talking to God and asking. It feels like, I don't have time for that. Do you know what I mean? I'm telling you, it's, nothing could be further from the truth. It's absolutely the most, it's insanity to think that way. It really is. It's like, I don't care what's going on. If you, you know, like I, it's, it's radical, the difference that it makes. It's like, I don't know what, I can't even explain it. It's supernatural. It does not make sense on paper. Today, seriously, made no sense on paper that I started the day off going, there's no way I'm going to get through this. And, of course, I get Seekers Retreat, too, so everything kind of gets like, ah, like, you know, because a whole weekend gets taken out. So I'm sure anybody that's going is feeling this, right? You know, you get a whole, like, oh, I'm three days is out of my entire week. So all of a sudden, everything else gets really packed before and packed afterwards. And, you know, it was like night and day. I went from having that sense to all of a sudden things started clipping along and it just, everything started moving faster. And I got through things like solutions happened way. I mean, it was just like came together so much faster than anything I was anticipating, seriously, I had time to work out. Um, um, so I feel like if there's one thing, if you want to make a resolution, if there's things that you are, you know, we've talked, like the theme right now for, for January, our, our series, is having a new beginning for a new year. It's something right now I'm just super passionate about um, uh, and excited about because I'm really, it's, it's actually even a new concept to me. You know what I taught about a couple weeks ago about the whole how you can at the same time be letting go of things behind you and pressing forward. That those can happen. You don't have to wait till you've done all your grieving. Oh, you know, and then oh, now I'm ready to move forward. You don't have to do that. That you can kind of be making both of, be working both of those together. And I think it's actually it it works. I was thinking about this, and I've just never even thought. You know, I don't know. I just was never so clear on it maybe before, but I think this whole thing with um, recognizing it with uh, all the fear about writing and what that was doing for me, I'm like, oh, I can work up both. I can grieve and I can move forward in spite of my fear. Um, so, and then last week we talked to shame, about shame, which is more the letting go kind of part. And so prioritizing is kind of the, is one of those things of moving forward, you know? And so if you think about what do you want, like everybody wrote down that was here, you wrote down what you wanted to see for next year. You think about all the stuff that you wrote, like what, would, what do you want it to look like, 2011, in an ideal, you know, universe, you know, it's just sort of, or maybe not an ideal universe, but just sort of, um, you know, not pie in the sky, but just like what is your hopes, d- dreams, desires, etc. you know, and if the number one thing that you can do to make that come to pass is prayer. It really is. Now, why is that? Why is that like way, way, way bigger and a bigger deal than any of the other stuff that we do? Because sometimes it feels like all the other stuff is so important. Why is prayer the, the number one thing? Because it's, it's about relying on God. It's about inviting God into things. You know, it's um, because now you're not limited by your ability, by your flesh. Because uh, uh, do you feel limited sometimes? For me, all the time. 
you know, 24-7, I feel, you know, I feel my limitations. There was a time that, that understanding my limitations was agonizing to me in a way. I'm just going, I really, the truth, reality is your friend, and I got lots of limitations, you know. And, um, but God doesn't. Not really. I mean, I would say, you know, respecting people's free will, you know. He's give, he gives himself limits, you know, on certain things, limitations, um, as far as setting down, you know, his own guidelines as far as how he's going to interact with us, etc. But it, God is, you know, it's just sort of like you look, you're letting into your life, you know, the creator of everything. You know, I like to think about, for me, like, because I have to stop and think about how big God is. Sometimes I have to do that when I'm praying to get who I'm talking to, you know, like, I'm not talking to I Dream of Genie. See, I grew up with I Dream of Genie and Bewitched. So for me, it's a struggle sometimes to think of God like that small, like that God is sort of more like Bewitched, you know, like, like Little Power or something or I Dream of Genie or something like that. And so sometimes it really helps to go, oh, wait, I'm talking to the guy that made the ocean. You know, like, and because I love the ocean and I love the stuff in it and the stuff, the guy that made the seahorses and the, you know, um, or whatever, the spirit, the spirit that made all of those things. Um, Not a guy, but (laughs) Uh, anyway. So um, I want to talk about that. Let's go to, you know, there's 400, I mean, sorry, 545 verses in the Bible that specifically speak about prayer, and that's not including 545 verses in the Bible. It's a lot. It's, a, it's, it's an important, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not even including that there's, you know, prayer includes things like asking, seeking, you know, there's a lot of things like that in that kind of are involved with prayer, but I'm just saying where the actual word pray or prayer appears is 545 times in the Bible. Um. So, let's go to Luke 11, in verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, you know what? Jesus prayed a lot. So, and, but don't you think he's like the cool, you know, like, why would Jesus, you know, like you think he's, you know, I don't know, he walks on water. <laughs> um, you know, it's... Um, uh, but the thing is, is he prayed a lot. There's even, there's, there's all, there's so many records that it says he prayed all night long. I think I've only done that once in my life. Do you know what I'm saying? Where it, where it meant that much to me as far as communing with God that, that I, I stayed up all night in prayer, you know, and connecting with God. I just, you know, usually I think the longest I, you know, I've gone for most of my life is maybe three hours or something, you know, and, um, but Jesus Christ, like, found, now, he was busy, too, have you noticed? Like, his schedule was very packed, he had a lot to do, you know, he had a lot of demands on him, but yet, he was constantly stopping everything, like, regularly, and not taking five minutes to pray, but he would take significant times to pray, including often it said he prayed all night long. So it shows you if he was that desperate for, for asking for God to be there for him to do, 
It might have a little bit. Now, grant you it's Jesus Christ, but, you know, the thing is, is I, it definitely, you get the sense that he wasn't relying on himself. Like, he really, really, you really got, I need God to do this. This is a big assignment that I've been given here, you know, being Savior. It's not like a little job, you know, and just going, I need God too, you know, I need God's help. And so you see Jesus praying all the time. So you see, okay, so he's praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, this is so awesome. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so what that tells you is that you can learn and grow in prayer. You know, if any of you guys have been like think that you should just have it all figured out as far as prayer goes, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, and Jesus didn't say, oh, you should know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was really cool that they had the desire that they wanted to know more, that they wanted to have this be a part of their lives that they grew in and that that they asked him for help with this. And here's what he said in verse two, it says, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us the each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into, into temptation. Now, you guys have heard that one before, right? The Lord's Prayer. Now, so let, I want to take a look at this, because a lot of times when people look at that, they sort of read it like what you mean, like a lot of people understand this, like what we're supposed to actually literally pray is over and over say the Lord's Prayer. That doesn't really work, um, and it doesn't fit with other parts of Scripture because actually in, um, uh, in uh, Matthew 6-7, which is where the other record of this same thing is in the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6-7, it's actually, Jesus says right after that, don't pray like the heathen do, which uh, where they have vain repetitions. It's like empty repetitions, repeating something. God's heart was never that we have memorized prayers. That was not like, oh, this is it here. Memorize this, we're good to go, because prayer is supposed to be a relationship. It's not a check-off-the-box thing. Like, God is a spirit being that wants a relationship with us, with his children. So it's not, you know, so that's, that's totally, it could not be that it's the opposite of what Matthew says about this record. The only reason I'm reading Luke is, um, instead of Matthew, um, even though it, the Lord's Prayer is in both, is because there's some other parts in Luke that I want to kind of focus in on. Uh, but it can't mean that that he's saying just repeat these words. So let's look at what he's trying to illustrate, because I think what the lesson is in the Lord's Prayer is that he's showing some of the things as far as where you can connect with God. So there's like little pieces of this. Um, if you look at verse, uh, if you look at hallowed be your name, what is that? Holy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, So that, a piece of prayer is worship. And it's kind of cool that he starts with that. Because I know from my heart, and I'm not saying, this is not a rule at all. I'm just saying that the ingredient of worship in prayer is important. It helps to connect our heart with the fact that God is God and we're just people, you know. And... Um, and so, gosh, it, honestly, I feel the most refreshed when I get how small I am, but that I'm not alone. You know, that's honestly when I feel the most set free and the most peaceful, you know, is just being aware of that. And it comes from the essence of just like, a lot of times for me, I like to just, 
like start off by just being quiet in the presence of God, just experiencing the presence of God. Experience the fact that I'm in the presence of the creator. It's just like, (gasps) helps me kind of get like, wow, this is not a small thing, you know, and he's listening and he cares. And so, um, so having the, you know, so worship is definitely a, a cool part of it. Your kingdom come. Hallowed be your your name, your kingdom come, Um, which is the hope. Uh, In verse 3, give us this day our daily bread. So what would that be about? Needs. God, you know what? God cares about that. It's not like like you pray and that's totally okay to pray for. I think the point here is that, like, it's a good thing to go to God for, you know, for the things that, that we need. He's, like, all about it. It says that, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Like, God cares about those things. It's not like, well, that's shallow, you know. (laughs) That's superficial, you know. We should just be all spiritual when we pray. So it's just sort of like, it's kind of, um, we get that, uh, that a part of prayer can definitely be seeking God for the things that we need and bringing those instead of trying to do everything by ourselves. So what are the things, you know, like, it's just like, I pray, you know what I love right now is I, for, now, and I want to, honestly, I just want to keep getting more and more and more. I want to grow in this, but that I need help, that I know I need help. I like that. I like living in that reality. I need help. I need help. I can't do this by myself. And so prayer helps me connect with that, including whatever is not working in my life. It's just like it feels great to just go, oh, oh, wait, wait. Why am I wrestling with this? I can take this to God. You know, because honestly, I'll sit there. Even in my prayer life, I'm trying to figure stuff out, you know, and then I'm going, wait, I'm praying. I can just ask God about this. You know, because sometimes I think we get this idea that we got to pack it all up and get it all nice before we bring it to God. And it's just like, wait, I'm confused. I'll just ask him, you know, like. Like, well, okay, yeah, I'm stuck. Okay, what am I trying to, you know, sort this out for? Okay, and in verse 4, you see, forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So it's like, so we see this other part, too, that Jesus is talking about, where you can go to God for the inside healing stuff, too. So it's just sort of like that there's, like, all of these things are elements of prayer and elements of where we can go to God. What is it that you want healing with on the inside? You know, what are the things that you want to let go? You know the stuff of letting go? Prayer can help you let go too. You know, like like really, really letting go as far as just like just going, God, I just, like I've been praying for that too, just on this whole thing of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the writing thing and praying about that and just sort of helping God to get me through. Um get me through it and uh, well actually right now I feel actually pretty good about it but a year you know seriously it wasn't that much more than a year ago I was terrified to write one paragraph I was literally frozen like frozen I was so like like I had the you would not believe how much I freaked out ask people that know me like people I for years people would ask me to write things like I was a part of this other ministry and they were oh can you write this I'm like no I couldn't even like I would freak out about writing one paragraph to um, the church, you know, like I was just like, wow, like I wrote, I read that I wrote a letter like to the church in January. I was just like, I don't even feel bad about this. Like, I, I just like, I can just, I could sit down, I could write this, and um, 
<laughs> but it's just, it's so funny, like, it's just, like, and looking back, I'm looking, I was crying, actually, when I was writing this um, to a friend of mine the other day, but now I'm kind of, as I realized, my, like, my whole life, it was this huge, huge fear, and it but just, it was, like, really ser- seriously seeking God and bringing God into that. Like, I've never, like, this whole thing, I, I, th- I think I told you guys last week, I, did I tell you guys last week? I wrote, like, 10,000 words in seven chapters and, um, in the book that I'm doing, and I'm like, I've never written that much I'd written in my life. Like, I couldn't write a paragraph. It would seriously take me a couple of weeks to write a paragraph if somebody asked me to, because I would sit there and, like, obsess over it and just go, oh, like, people are going to know I have no education and... I would uh, seriously because I don't have an education, so I was. I used to totally be panicked that it, I would look ridiculous. That people would go, "Wow, she's an idiot. She put that comma in the wrong place," and you know, clearly she's never been to school. You know, and um, um, so it's just like there's power, there's healing in taking things to the Father. You know, it's just sort of like night and day. This is something I've had for years and years and years, and I'm just like, you know. Um, seeking it out in prayer. Anyway, so you can, inside healing you can look for. Like, I want to let go of this fear, God. You know, help me with this. Um, you know, physical needs, all that stuff. Anyway, uh, in verse 5 it says, <clears throat> uh, Then he said to them, oh, I love this parable. Um, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight <clears throat> and says, Friend, let me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up to give him the bread, because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs now this is kind of funny when you look at this because I was thinking about this I'm like well why wouldn't he give it to him as a friend you know what I'm saying so I was thinking about this what's the point of this parable is the point of this parable we're annoying God when we pray like you know he really doesn't want to do it anyway for us (laughs) but if we keep pestering him (laughs) he's not going to do it because he cares but if you keep bugging him enough he'll just go oh stop leave me alone Here's your answer to prayer. Do you think that's the how we interpret this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think, I don't think, honestly, there's no way that that could be the point of this parable. I don't think the parable, the focus of the parable is on the reluctance of God. I don't think that's the message here. The reluctance of God to answering prayers. But pray a lot and you'll break them down. <laughs> You wear the guy out, and finally you'll get an answer. Okay, I don't think that's the point here. So I think, actually, I was thinking about this. I'm going, because that's a little funny. Like, the guy shows up at midnight at the house going, please give me bread. I've got people. It's, you know. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking, like, that part of me thinks it might be a little bit of a joke in in a way. Like, like the guy doesn't get up because they're friends. He gets up. You know, it's just like, to <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, we're good friends and everything, but wow, <laughs> like, um, 
The point is the persistence in it. Obviously, the lesson is on the other side of it that, uh, and actually, let's, I want to actually tell you about this word. Um, the word boldness, actually, it's, it's only used once in the, in the entire Bible. Um, King James had it, um, uh, God, importunity or something is what they said. But basically, it means shamelessness or impudence. So you think about this, that it says because of his shamelessness at banging on the, how, how easy would it be for you guys to knock on somebody's door at midnight to ask for something? Do you know what I'm saying? How, is there anybody here that would just, that's a piece of cake? Friend, a friend. Y- yeah. I'm telling you, even the point of this really, I think, and this is where the joke is a little bit, is for one, because the emphasis is on the guts it takes to ask. That's the emphasis of this parable, is that how often does what gets in your way is not wanting to be a bother. Do you know what I mean? Or not wanting to, like, it's really, it takes, what would it take for you? Seriously, think about this. What would be going on for you? to go to your friends at midnight. And they went to sleep earlier back then because, you know, they didn't have lights and things. like They didn't have electricity, so, I'm sh- you know, they got up earlier, they went to bed earlier. So midnight's late. It's like more like, probably more like three in the morning to us or something, but still, even midnight. What would be going on for you? What would it feel like to go to your friend's house at midnight to ask for something? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. You get the prize. I think that's this parable. Do you see what I'm saying? I really think that the focus here, and that's why the, the word shameless, you know, like in spite of whatever embarrassment or, or like that you don't like being needy or do you know what I'm saying? Or I don't want to appear like I'm not self-sufficient. I think that's the point of this parable, guys. That the whole thing is just getting past that and asking. You know, that, and I think that that's a little bit of the joke of the fact that the guy is like, you know, coming like at three in the morning, you know. Um, it just emphasizes the fact that this, the desperation and the need. Because you think about, you know, what if I get rejected? You know, it's, it, it's like... You think about the fact that I think that what it's saying is come to God as desperate as you are. That's, if you've got a need, let's not pretend you don't. Let's just not buck up and be so prideful and act like everything's fine when it's not. Go. Just go. You know, say you're lacking. Say you're needy. Be, you know, you're not bothering God. He's fine. You know? It's like... To just, to, to get past our own sense of I can take care of things or trying to be like, you know, um, not weak or not, you know, helpless or any of those things and just go. Get past whatever embarrassment, shame, any of that and ask, you know. I think that that's really what's going on here. So I just, I don't know, I think that's, I'm blessed by that. So it says, so here's the conclusion to this whole parable. It says in verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. 
it's not it can't the relationship with God is not going to be sit around and hope you know like without asking it's not like one of those relationships of you know it's not passive aggressive stuff you know where you sit there and go I hope you can figure out what I really want and give it to me anyway so I don't have to be needy and ask you know we gotta ask do you know what I'm saying like please (laughs) um Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. You know, it's just be a seeker in prayer. Be an asker. Be a seeker. You know, let's not hunker down and just be like, you know, all in our self-sufficiency because God is willing and God is able. What And even in prayer, for one, It's just like if you think about just seeking God even within the prayer itself. Prayer is, you know, it's not the check off the box thing. You know, it really is a relationship. It really is growing. It really is just going, what is it that you need? Where are the answers that you need? Where are the questions? Bring them to the Father. Um, I just want to read one other little ending part of this that kind of ties in and... um, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, this is specifically about Holy Spirit, but also in the context of prayer, a couple things that we can get from this is God does not, when you ask, God's not going to give you bad stuff. There's nothing when you ask God for something, he's going to be, you know, sometimes I hear people that are afraid to ask God for something because they go, I don't want him to answer. I'm telling you, it's not going to be bad. There's no part that's going to be bad or painful in your asking. God loves you. Totally loves you. And plus the other part of this is God sees you as a child. It helps in prayer a lot of times to see yourself as a child. Not the grown-up, I got it together, you know, person. To be in the presence of God. To get the disparity in power. To just really be connected with that. And to find serenity in that. And just allow. The other thing too that it helps with is God looks at you as like a sweet little adorable kid you know like you get the softness of God's heart towards you and not like you're grown up you should have it together you know like it's not the it's not approaching God with coming with all together it's like what he what he's saying is even bad parents can usually do pretty good for their kids but God's not even a bad parent like God's not even the parent that makes the mistakes it's God is the parent that is like the ideal of everything that you would desire and hope of what a parent would be as far as care and love and, you know, and discipline and all of the right balance of things that are good for us, you know, but looks at with eyes of tenderness. Like you think about how do you look at a little kid? You know, ah, you know, it's not like kid come, you know, I was just, I had this picture actually earlier of, 
you know, like kids, how they grab around your leg, you know, parents' legs, you know, like when they're, you know, like kind of like, ah, don't go anywhere and you grab. And it's not like, the, you know, God's not the parents that's going, get off of me, you know, it's just sort of like, it's not that. It's just sort of like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just sort of like we want to have that posture that blesses God for us to have that posture, you know, of seeking. So anyway, how, I want you to think about what your prayer life was last year. You know, just think about, was it what you desired it to be? Was it all that you wanted it to be? You know, and to think about wherever that was, you know, where, where can you grow? Where can you stretch? You know, like, what's the next step? For some, honestly, sometimes what helps me is just, like, if I feel like things are too crazy, I just go, just get on my knees for five minutes and be in the presence of God. Like, everybody can do five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, just stop, you know, and just go, I need you. Just connect with the desperation. Connect with God being there for you. Five minutes a day, it, it's doable. It's doable. But, it'll, like, even if, if, you, if you've had times where you've got periods of your life that you're not really taking the time out to pray at all, just give it five minutes to just in some way just go, I want to be in your presence, God, right now, you know? If you pray, but it's kind of like checking off the box, maybe it's the place of just going, of just seeking God to, to, to work in your heart, to soften your heart. You know, if you're afraid or you have walls, maybe it's like going, God, I need to see your love because I don't feel loved right now. And I don't like that I feel that way. I'm telling you, I wanna, there's been a lot of challenges for me to want to run away from God. I've been so challenged by that. I was challenged. That's one thing actually I'm happy about last year because last year sucked a lot. But I'm telling you, it's, prayer is so powerful. Pulling away from God, your life will go in the crapper. It really will. Guaranteed. I don't care if things are going perfect on the outside. My last big crash and burn was six years ago. And I tell you, I think it was eight months that I barely prayed at all. And my life was going so perfect on the outside. My business is going well. Got people kissing my butt all over the place. You know, making bu- buckets of money. You know, just sort of like, it looked all perfect on the outside, but I was dead inside because there was no God in my life. You know, God was not present and living and alive, and I was relying on myself, and I never want to go back to that darkness again. It makes me sick. I can't stand who I was inside of my own heart. I never, ever want to go back to that. I am desperate to make God in my all in all. And the only way that that can happen, you could talk to your blue in the face, which we still need to do all that stuff, but it's like the time to just be in the presence of God and to seek him out for you. We've got to get, it's the only way that you can really grow to see God's love for you, to just really get it that he loves you and he's for you and he's fighting for you. So just think about that. I mean, I just want to, you know... It's really seriously, whatever it is that you want for next year, it's the number one thing that you can do to make things change. So I actually want, in speaking of that, um, I was looking at Facebook um, the other day, and Jamie had this post on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. She had something posted about prayer on there that I thought was awesome that she's been trying, and it's blessed her. So I wanted her to tell you about that before. And then Lachey's still going to share something, too. So, uh, Jamie, you want to share your... Facebook post and okay. 
So since last November, I guess I've posted a couple of things about prayer, about wanting to pray more, about wanting to move it up in my priority list. And then most recently, I was sharing with people about um, a devotional that I read every day. And within the last couple of weeks, I read this devotional, and it cited a verse in Exodus 17.2. So once more, the people commanded against Moses, give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me, and why are you testing the Lord? And then, so after I read that, it talks about the, the verse you just read. And it basically, the gist of it was about instead of complaining, to use prayer. So I stopped and I thought about it, and I thought of how you feel when you complain, how the people around you feel when you complain, the tension and stress that you keep, and the frustration you have, and it doesn't really solve anything, you just vent for a minute, and then if the subject comes up again, you're complaining about the same thing. People around you get tense, you walk in the room, if everyone's complaining, you feel the palpable tension in the room. But yet, when you pray, you kind of have the opposite effect. Calming, peace, it quiets your thoughts, it quiets your emotions, it opens you up and relaxes you so that you can listen. So I thought of that, and I went, well, this is great. I'm going to do this. I was looking for times to increase how often I prayed. So this was amazing, because think of how often you want to complain in your head or to other people throughout the day. How many opportunities do you have to complain? Which actually means, how many opportunities do you have to pray? So for the last couple of weeks, I decided to do that. And every time I wanted to complain about something, I would stop and turn it into a prayer. And it did a whole lot of things. Um, first, when you pause to change it into a prayer, you realize either A, you may realize why you want to complain. You may realize that um, you're frustrated that you just don't have control of things. And so, okay. So you may realize that you just don't have control of things. And then when you pray, you're able to release that control to God that you're not supposed to have control of your life. Um, sometimes you realize and you figure out what it was that was really bothering you. Not just the thing you wanted to complain about, but really what the, the underlying issue was. And then it gave you more opportunities to connect with God and find that peace and listen, you know, and he would give you the answers. And so then overall, it really is a benefit. And I just hope I wanted to share because it was such a huge thing to me. I was sharing with Nancy. It was something, um, increasing prayer was big for me. And Prayer in lieu of complaining has been probably the biggest step that I've taken in my prayer life. So, Lachey. Back to, I forgot what I was going to share. <laughs> I'm just so blessed by Nancy and Jamie. Um, I, uh, oh, I have been thinking about what Nancy had us, um, how Nancy had us write down the questions and the answers is uh, like, what do you want 2011 to look like? Or what are your dreams? Um, and one of um, the things that I wrote down, um, well, some of the things that I wanted to let go were, um, uh, were fear. Well, one of the things I wanted to let go was, of, was fear. And then one of the things that I would like to see in the upcoming year, one of my you know, dreams, I guess, is, uh, leading people to Christ. Like, I really have a desire to bring people to Christ. Like, I really want, like, I'm just kind of having this light bulb moment, like, how much it means to me of having uh, Christ, having salvation, and, and kind of like what uh, Patty was saying earlier, like, I, um, it's huge, you know, that we have salvation, that we have eternal life, that we have 
Jesus, you know, in our lives. And so, um, but I have been really, but in looking back at 2010, I, I see, wow, I really struggle in this area. Like, I suck at this. And so, I don't know for how long, like, I just really, really am struggling with um, inviting people to church and even just asking them to come to church. And so, um, so I was talking to Nancy about it the other day, and um, and she helped me to see, like, I'm focusing too much on, you know, making people like me, like I'm people-pleasing, you know, and um, and she said, just do it. <laughs> like, that simple, like, just do it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, you know, okay, that's great. Like, yeah, like, I want, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the phone, I was like, yeah, that's, I want to do it. Like, I was excited. And then I got off the phone and I walked back into my job and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Um, but uh, it, I had um, heard this song. It's called I Refuse. It's by Josh Wilson. It's a new song um, on Air One. And uh, I liked the song, and I checked out the words, and I'm like, oh, man, this is so me, and this is, um, so I just wanted to share a little bit with you, because it just totally says how I've been feeling. It says, sometimes I just want to close my eyes and act like everyone's all right, when I know they're not. This world needs God, but it's easier to stand and watch. I could pray a prayer and just move on like nothing's wrong, but I refuse because I don't want to live like I don't care. I don't want to say another empty prayer. I refuse to sit around and wait for someone else to do what God has called me to do myself. And he goes on and he says, I can hear the least of, of these crying out so desperately. And so kind of what I've been just saying to myself is like, I refuse. Like there are people like all of my life, I, I, I do see people as, um, everyone's all right. Like, that's how I have seen people my whole life. And so once I started coming here to this church, I thought, I mean, when I was a kid, like, I always thought everybody else had a great life but me. Like, I was the only one who had the sucky life, you know. I'm the only one who didn't have a dad and blah, 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 you know. And then, but coming here and, you know, just growing up, like, I see, like, everyone's not all right. People need God, you know. And so I just, I just, in my on my walk, I'm like, I refuse. Like, I refuse to stay in fear. You know, like, I refuse to just sit, sit back and not do anything. You know, it's easier to do that. Definitely, I want to do that, you know. But, like, I have to refuse to do that. Like, I do want to make a difference in other people's life and do what God has called me to do. And um, so so after, you know, I got off the phone with her yesterday, um, I didn't want to say anything. I was just like, I went home and I'm like, gosh, like, who do I invite? I don't have anybody to invite. You know, I was just like at a loss. I was feeling scared. You know, I'm like, I just, yeah, I like, I do want to lead people to Christ. I do. Like, I want people to have this church. I want people to have Christ, you know, and, and freedom and all of these great things, right? But I'm so stuck in this fear, like, oh, what are they going to think of me? Like, I'm gonna, totally going to sound stupid. They're going to hate me after this. You know, they're going to think I'm just some religious nut. Like, I, I, like, I'm going through this whole thing in my head.